Hello everyone, it is Amina Lee, the host of the Lifestyle of Amina Lee podcast, and I just want to make this introduction super, super short, because I know you guys are like, I just want to get straight to the interview, but a quick intro. So in this podcast episode, I interviewed my amazing uncle, Mike B. He is a creative being. His mind is super, super amazing. He talks about stepping into the music industry, wanting to be a rapper, which I never knew, and then transitioning to the fashion industry making his mark there he has worked with so many celebrities so many people that have changed the entertainment industry so if you love fashion if you love music anything you would definitely love this podcast interview and i'm going to leave the website and social media for everything for mike b so you can find him there and definitely subscribe to the lifestyle of mainly podcast and the interview will start right after this quick ad peace bye and blessings Hey guys, it's Amina Lee, the host of the Lifestyle of Amina Lee podcast, and I'm here with Mike B. So thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you. So I'm going to start off, and I just want to ask, how did you get started in the entertainment industry? Like, what was your beginnings of getting stepping to the industry? Wow, um, that's a good question. How did I... Started well. I got started in the in the in the. I started off in the music industry. Actually, um, to be honest with you, I wanted to be a rapper when I first came into the game, and um, and uh, from there, you know, wanting to be a rapper brought me to doing an internship at Bad Boy, and uh, once I got into doing the internship at Bad Boy, but but to, to begin with, as a rapper, I was doing these shows and opening up for like the most deaths and and Q-tip and stuff like that, and, and I had um, a manager who was Phil Carbone at one point, then I had Peter Paul, and then John Hoffman, these guys were management, they would bring me to like all these different showcases and that's where I would start building my relationships with uh, fellow artists or just people in the industry. Um, the name of my crew was called Mad Chemistry. And it was about maybe five, six of us all together. And each of us just had a different style. And that's what the Mad Chemistry was. Mad was a mad attitude of determination. The chemistry was just all of us. When we come together, we were, you know, just bringing our own thing to the lab. Um, but moving forward, you know, uh, my big brother Groovy and Jay Black brought me to Bad Boy Entertainment, and uh, this is when the office was a little small boutique on 19th Street, and it was just actually leaving the house, it was making the transition of leaving the house that was in Scarsdale, which was the original office, and um, when I came into Bad Boy doing my internship, I started off with being Groovy's assistant to styling. Groovy at the time was the in-house stylist. I was also uh, part of the street team with Half the Year and Jay Black and June Balloon and Shanda Butcher. And I was also being an intern for the general manager at the time, which was Kirk Burroughs. And I was also being an intern to Puff's personal executive assistant, which was Leote Leo Blacknar at the time. Um, and during those times, I really saw myself as, you know, 
attending the University of Babylon Entertainment. And once I got to start working with Puff and becoming Puff's personal liaison, I, I pretty much saw myself as roaming the halls with the hottest principal at the time where I was taking these different classes, whether it was marketing and branding or styling and fashion or promotions and, you know, just really learning the industry. And, you know, from there, as I started getting deeper and deeper into the into the game, it kind of took my interest away from actually becoming a rapper because I really found myself wanting to learn more and more about behind the scenes and how this game really, really works for itself. And the rest is history. Wow, that's a lot. I never knew you, like, started in, in the the music industry that my mom told me. She was like, you know that Uncle Mike B started in the music industry? And I was like, no. I always thought it was, like, always, like, fashion. I never knew it was music. Yeah, it was definitely music because as I was growing up, I had my cousins. And, you know, I played in a band in my at, at, at my school. And I was also um, playing, playing the drums and, and at, at my church growing up. So I always had an ear for the music and you know once you know I got to bad boy and, and then that from being personal liaison um, it helped me to also get a job I was doing a part time job at, at daddy's house which was the studio and being in the studio kind of um, introduced me to working with D-Dot and Ashley Merrick and then Stevie J to the point where I started working with Stevie and helping Stevie build his, his company Danger Zone at first. So Stevie being a master of 13 different instruments also uh, made my knowledge of music itself incline as far as how to produce and make music and, you know, just, you know, how the things, how, how it really works behind the scenes in the studio from an artist coming in to, you know, just prepping the room and making sure everything is right to, you know, having the engineer have everything right after the session. The level's got to be right after the session. you got to keep track of the music, where it's going. Puff, of course, has to hear everything after it's done. So, you know, that right there just really uh, enhanced my knowledge the music game and, and, and still at the same time of being Groovy's assistant to Groove being the in-house stylist at the time, uh, that would also help me learn more about how this fashion game is working as far as being a stylist, whether it's a photo shoot or a video shoot or a fanzine shoot and, you know, prepping and going shopping and, and reading treatments for videos and stuff. So, like I said, I was attending the University of Bad Boy Entertainment where I felt like I was getting free on-hand tuition and, you know, I had all these different classes that I was able to dip in and out of and pretty much get as much information as possible. So with you stepping your foot in both the music and the fashion industry, have you found, did you find yourself any mentors along the way? Oh, yeah, did I? Well, still to this day, Groovy is like a big brother of mine. And he's always been a mentor. Um, Puff is also 
somebody that I always saw in the industry as like my elder, I always, still to this day, you know, built a relationship and kept a relationship where it was always organic, but at the same time, they were always pretty much there to help me and guide me through the industry, from Lou Tucker to Jamil Spencer, Andre Harrell, Emmett Dennis, um, you know, the list goes on, on and on and on. There's Hazel, uh, and, you know, still to this day, the Chuck Bones, the Wendell Haskins, the June Ambroses, the Mises, you know, these are the, the folks that, you know, I still look up to. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing and just feeling blessed to where I can still reach out to them and, you know, they give me some type of guidance and direction. I think that's I think that's dope even to have mentors along the way that can help you and everything. So I think that's really inspirational. Yeah, because at the end of the day, sometimes, see, me growing up, when I was, you know, going to school, I wasn't the book smart type of cat. I was more or less, you know, on the side of creative and, you know, I would, I would pretty much learn from the way people spoke to me and I take in all of that information to basically looking at certain pictures and grasping any information in any way that I can. But at the same time, what I learned is you're not going to learn it all from the book. Sometimes you have to go out and try and experience things on your own and see where it would lead you. Um, There's never a stupid question. You always gotta ask questions. I've always, I was always taught to keep a notebook, make a thing with a do list, write down and jot down as much information as possible. But at the same time, you also gotta do your own homework and and resource the information and knowledge of what you're actually trying to learn. So that's how you also keep your your sword sharpened at all times. And with you being like the Prince of Fashion, like your des- your designs and your style is totally different, but how do you make sure that your designs are different from others and that you're always outside the box? Well, for one, my, one of my biggest fear, next to my parents and God, of course, um, my, one of my biggest fears is coming outside and feeling like I might be wearing the same thing or have something on that somebody else is doing. Um, they have this thing where it's called Bitch uh, Stole My Look. And, you know, that's that's something that I was never a part of. And I'm, I'm glad because of that to where I never could understand how two different people on a red carpet can end up wearing the same exact outfit. So what I would always strive in is always making sure that I go left of whatever's going on. So whether if the trend is hot, whether while everybody is zigging, I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm going to zag. And, you know, I'm always going to bring my rebel, uh, renaissance, um, clean classic, uh, renegade, b-boy Jamaican style, to the table of, of what I'm doing, which also has a lot to do with, you know, my upbringing. I was blessed to come up in an era of when hip-hop was beginning its evolution in the 70s, the 80s, through the, through the 90s, 
and on to the 2000s. So I'm, I'm always taking something from my history and put a splash to, you know, a little bit of modern with it. And, and I think that's where my style basically is developed from. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have my inspiration on, you know, music videos or looking through magazines or my favorite movies and, you know, it's, it's, and, and basically just people watching and seeing people in the streets or what they got on and what they're wearing. But at the same time, I'm also figuring out in my head, how would I have done it different? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely like that. Yeah, I definitely do agree that with the people stealing your look, how people wearing the same look on the red carpet, I think that's totally weird. And I definitely see that in, like, different magazines. Like, growing up, I used to love, like, reading U.S. Weekly and, like, people. And then, like, compare, like, the looks. And I'd be like, your designers, you're, like, paying, like, these designers so much money. But you don't have them, you know, designing you in a different look that's outside the box. That's different from somebody else. So I definitely do agree with that. Also, sometimes it comes from that person's stylist. A lot of these stylists where that, I feel that happens is because they either go to the showrooms or they just go in these stores and they basically just take the the entire outfit off of a mannequin or they just take what they're given and they basically just put it, not even putting it together or piece, piecing it together, they basically just take the whole look and just put it on their client. And sometimes... You know, that's where that's where bitch stole my look comes in because it's always a contest to see who wore it best, right? And sometimes the person who lost, maybe that piece just wasn't meant for that person. Not everything is for everybody. You know what I mean? And if it doesn't have an organic feel to it, you can have a fifteen thousand, fifty thousand dollar coat and just because everybody in the world is wearing it and it's the hottest piece in the world, that doesn't mean that that coat needs to be yours also unless you're going to add an embellish to it or do something to it to where it's just going to be worn different or it just has a different look to it yeah and with the fashion industry changing of course it's becoming more diverse now but back then it used to be a lot of struggles with the diversity not being there like naomi campbell tyra banks there used to be not a lot of black women on the runway shows but how do you feel as yourself being a black man changing the fashion industry with your designs and your creativity? Say that again, how, does... how do you feel as a black man or just in general changing the fashion industry with your designs and your creative in your creativity? Well, it's happening right now. Look at Pierre Morse. Like he's really doing his thing. I'm really proud of him. Um, you know, he's coming up and you know, I remember him not too long ago, a few years ago, where he was doing custom uh, leather jackets and pieces for stylists and for, for clients that he probably still has that relationship and still works with still to this day. And now, you know, he's evolved into this fashion monster, young black Brooklyn kid. You know what I mean? If I'm, if I'm correct, I think he's from Brooklyn, but... Just for the fact that he's a young black kid doing his thing with corporations and, you know, helping out with the rebirth and bringing back, you know, brands that we wore in the 90s from FUBU to Sean John, 
uh, Fat Farm, and now he's doing things with Reebok. And you know, I'm I'm just really proud of that guy the way he's been pretty innovative and and keeping himself relevant in the fashion game now because it's it's very hard. It's very hard, and you know, fashion. I feel like style and design for men has always played a back seat to the women as far as as far as when you have these fashion weeks and these fashion shows it's the majority that people look forward to is normally women's uh, week when you hear about these fashion shows but now more of these brands and these designers are starting to do and have unisex shows where they feature unisex looks and, and um, they're promoting more androgynous styles and and um, I feel like they're they're they're, uh, they're they're showcasing the diversity of men and women on the runway, which I think is incredible. With a splash of hip hop, now I feel like you know all all the world of stages. Is is on this hip hop and 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 it's, I feel like it's really really super dope how we've managed and our culture has managed to emerge and pretty much seem like you know we're, we're like taking over this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And with the fashion industry changing, what I know you work with like so many celebrities like throughout your whole lifetime, but can you name some celebrities that you have styled? for to the audience um well for one I, I, I normally do not do that only because you know I want sometimes not everybody wants to know that they have a stylist mm-hmm. right and that just basically goes back to like the early 1800s to where you have bespoke tailors and these tailors that would you know, do pieces for certain clients and they would just not reveal who their clients were just out of respect for the client at the same time. But, you know, through my, I would say maybe 20, 25 years of being in the industry, I've been blessed to work with the likes of Diddy, Luda, Chris Brown, Swiss Beats, Alicia Keys, LeBron, uh, Kevin uh, Plank, the owner of Under Armour, to Mike Epps, Sting, Shaggy, your uh, uh, local um, your local street hustler, your your, your corporate executives. Um, I've been been blessed to work with companies from Nike, Adidas, Budweiser, McDonald's, State Farm. And, you know, the list goes on and, you know, I'm, I'm just really, really, really blessed and been, been granted the favor of being able to still be relevant to this day and still be working. And for my last question, what tips would you give to anybody that wants to, you know, be a fashion desi- designer, stylist, or just wants to own their own business? What tips would you give to somebody? Well, the number one tip that I would always give is learn the history of fashion because everything has been done under the sun. And at the same time, history will always repeat itself. 
And if you look at fashion now, a lot of people are going back to the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. And they're basically regurgitating from what they saw already. But I would always learn, most importantly, learn the history of fashion. Learn the culture. Look at the different designers. Learn what each designer is known for. What is it that makes them different to what they bring to the table? I would always say, um, steal as much information as possible. Um, keep a notebook and a pen with you. And, you know, don't be afraid to pull it out and jot down information in front of folks. Um, what else? I would always say, know who you are, be true to who you are. And, um, you always, you'll, you'll always come out on top, you know? And, you know, well, I don't know, what else is there? <laughs> No, that's good. I like that. Learn your history because I feel like with a lot of designers, especially with the social media world, I feel like people think if they have like followers or likes, they can just, you know, set the trends without learning their um history and everything. So I, that was my favorite one to like learn your history and everything. Yeah, learn your crap. Learn your crap. Sharpen your sword. You know what I mean? And, you know, you'll always be ready to go to battle. You know what I'm saying? And uh, for the last question, where can people find you on social media, your website, and et cetera? Um, social media, all platforms, iBogart, like iPhone. That's I-B-O-G-A-R-D as in David. Um, the brand is Bogart by Mike B. B-O-G-A-R-D as well. Um, the website is bogardworldwide.com. And, of course, you'll be able to um, click on to any of the social platforms. When you go into Shop Now, it'll take you to the brand of Bogart by Mike B, which is my, started off as my unisex, um, my unisex collection where, you know, I wanted to do accessories because basically it's, it, it, after a while of styling, there were certain pieces that I couldn't find in the store, so I would possibly I would, you know, most likely just go and get the fabric and make everything from scratch. But at the same time, being a stylist, I was, me being a, a clothes whore to these different brands myself, but yet I have to still not be biased and dress my clients in these garments. So while everybody would have these brands, and I, I would pretty much enhance the look and create a piece to pretty much just enhance it. So you have, you know, from hats to bags to gloves to coats to ponchos to tank tops. And, you know, right now, recently, I've started going into bespoke wear where I can do anything custom that you can think of in the world from coats to suits to dresses to whatever you can think of, costumes. And, you know, that's, that's what it is. So, yes. I Bogart and Bogart by Mike B is the brand. And thank you so much for coming on my podcast. This means a lot. So thank you for having me, babe. <laughs> thank you. I just and the beautiful flower that you're able to blossom into. Um, I know as Generation Y, it's very easy for you. You could have steered left and went down the wrong path. 
to evolve and have, you know, a beautiful head on your shoulder and staying ahead of the game and, and doing what you do and, and pretty much keeping me lit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I want to say I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you in case you don't get to hear it too often. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, guys, so I just want to close out this podcast episode. So thank you so much for listening. Um, This podcast episode was really cool, very informative. And definitely, you know, subscribe. Also check out Mike B. I left all his information in the description for the podcast. But this is one of the many podcast um, interviews that I do on here. I have some future ones coming up that's super exciting. Talk to some cool business owners about their business. But this is like one of like the only fashion interviews I've done besides one talking about fashion trends. But I definitely have some other cool podcast interviews that you guys would definitely love. Check them out. And I also talk about everything fashion, beauty, today's news, and lifestyle on here. So you get a tad bit of everything on my podcast. So definitely subscribe like it whatever podcast network you're listening on definitely check out the lifestyle with mealy podcast you'll love it and share with a friend and share some good vibes especially during this outbreak of negativity but we're gonna get past this but anyways love you guys peace bye and blessings and don't forget to subscribe to the lifestyle of a podcast <laughs>